play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 242. Yep, the episode where we are reunited after two weeks apart. Yes, in the same room. Uh, I no longer am COVID positive, so uh, and, and I feel a lot better. I won't cough all over Eric while we're recording. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's great. I didn't know you had the virus. Yes. God. That, that's what I was sick with for a couple weeks. Oh, damn. So... Yeah, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> I didn't know for about almost a week because I just, you know, most people I, I'd heard, you know, get the loose sense of smell, loose uh, sense of taste, and that mm. didn't happen to me. But I had pretty much every other symptom and fever come and going like every single day. Like every evening, I'd have a fever of around 102 to 103. Damn. But it would go, and then I'd be all right, and then it would come back and just continue. Oh, so, that sucks, though. Good to go now. We're in the same room. Mm-hmm. We are uh, doing episode 242. It's been since the day before Thanksgiving, I think. Uh, since I've done anything for Punk and I Worldwide, I do have some Christmas episode uh, coming up and I'm going to wrap up Germany. So all of that, if you tune in to Punk and I Worldwide, that'll be happening within the next couple days. We'll be getting going on that. Let's focus on this show, SLC Punkcast 242, some new stuff that has come out recently. One thing we just talked about, I'm going to reach back to November 30th, a band, Alligators, that Roger Murray is in of Agnostic Front. Uh, that came, put out a new album, so go check that out. We'll probably talk about that here on future episodes. We're going to start now on December 6th. The band Crippled Fox, they released Attack of the Thrash Wrist. On the 8th, Dog Company released From Chosen Sides to Battle Lines, I ordered my vinyl. It should be here anytime now. Boulevard Trash here in the U.S., Contra Records over in Europe. Uh, They say that they'll be releasing it digitally for everybody else to check out at some point here in the near future. I don't know when that date is. On the 9th, Labana, they released Bang Bang EP. On the 9th, Gunfighters, they released Post Apocalypse Now single. On the 10th, Strange Light released The World Needs Laughter EP. Blindspot released... 10 Years of Beers EP, Scarface released 30 Years Nonstop of Chaotic Clockwork Ska on the 10th, Barrera released Visiones Nocturnus, uh, Homefront released Think of the Lie, both of those are on La Vida es un Amus Discos, that Scarface is released over on Lake Town Records, and P Records released that Blind Spot release. The Dizzy Brains, they are from Madagascar. Uh, they released a new album called Dahalo. Played something off of a previous release over on Punkanoi Worldwide when we did bands from Africa. That was much earlier in this year. Uh, what else we got? The Half Past Two, they released Holiday's EP. It's four different tracks called Holiday. Green Day, uh, Vampire Weekend, Madonna, and Weezer. All had tracks called Holiday. And Half Past Two did covers of each of those tracks on their Holidays EP. That was on the 10th. The Von Tramps released a new single called Sunflower that features the band Rundown Creeps. And that's some, I don't know, hip-hop band, both Post Malone or somebody's track that they're covering. Shit I'm not that familiar with, but it was something like that. All right. 
Two Minute Minor released a Christmas song called Snoopy's Christmas on the 10th. Deadbeat at Dawn released two tracks, one Survival Zone, the other Scopocalypse on the 11th. Moontooth released a new single called The Conduit on the 11th. The Usurpers released a new single with Night of Rage, three tracks from each. I've heard all six tracks. It is a very good split. I recommend checking it out. I'm going to have to reach out to Scatter. He was supposed to come do a show with me on Punkanoid Worldwide. Maybe I'll get him to come do a show and talk about that split because it's pretty cool. Uh, the other half of the split is banned from Russia called Night of Rage. Disposal released Demo 2021 on the 12th. Cloud Surfers released a new single called Yagerdang on the 12th. On the 13th, Ugly Youth released a new EP. It is in either Russian or Ukrainian. I forget which one, and I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Tough Ain't Enough Records, they released a new compilation called Chaos in Basque Country. It's like... 12 to 14 bands from Basque Country. A uh, bunch of awesome tracks over from Tough Ain't Enough Records. That's a cool comp. The Amity Affliction released same day on the 14th. Somewhere Beyond the Blue. That's a new EP. Le Partisans released Hard Mod. EP on Rusty Knife Records, which is two tracks, but that were uh, re-recorded in a way that uh, kind of more features that mod sound, uh, even though they were previously released tracks. On the 15th, Ruskaja released a new Christmas song called Last Christmas. On the 15th, Bastard Squad released <laughs> a single called Brainwashed. They have a new EP coming up, Hideaway. That single will be on that EP. Icky Punks is re released on the 16th, Living with the Rats. Uh, the Jansen released Dua Bila Mata Pedeng. Uh, and that's a single that was released on the 16th. Butcher's Nail released a new single called Missing Pieces. That was an awesome single. I was just listening to that earlier today because that came out today, the 16th. Life's Question released a promo, an LP promo of 2021. I think there's three tracks on it, but it's a promo for an upcoming LP. Then on the 17th, Haymaker is releasing Boot Boys Don't Give a Fuck. The Young Ones are releasing Stanley Boulevard. Aktung Aktung is releasing Liebe, Liebe As Beton. On the 17th, Modern Life is War is releasing Tribulation Work Songs, Volume 3 EP. On the 17th, the Kreutzer Sonata is releasing Cradle to the Grave on the 17th. And finally, Brute Force Trauma is releasing World is Burning EP. I have several other releases that I'm not sure exact release dates. Probably coming soon. Fraction, band from France, is re releasing uh, Reveal Toi and... You can already get the hard copy that just came out yesterday. Digital is supposed to be in the next couple days. Not exactly sure. I know there's probably going to be releases on uh, Christmas Eve, which will be next Friday, and then also close to you know closer to the first. But uh, we'll get to all the releases that are January first and later, probably on the next episode. Eric, what do you have to add? Well, the only one that I really have to add is the one I pushed uh, last week, which is the uh, Absolved EP or the band Absolved, and their Elder EP, which is coming cool. out on the Winter Solstice, the 21st. Sweet. Yep, not much uh, not much new in the rounds of, uh, <clears throat> uh, in the rounds of new releases, um, except for uh, one, the Usurpers, and they're split with the uh, band from Russia, whose name I forgot. Uh, Night of Rage. Night of Rage, that's right. I'll have to uh, I'll have to be checking that out because I love the usurpers. <laughs> it's awesome. Like uh, not that I don't like Night of Rage tracks as much, but I 
I the Usurpers tracks. Those three tracks were pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely check out the whole split because Night of Rage put out three great tracks on uh, it. Yeah. Well. I mean, that's why splits are there. Right. And we're promoting each other. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So kind of doing a disservice to not just just listening to one side and not the other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though they are a hometown band, uh, the other band uh, being from Russia, both great, three tracks each, six awesome tracks. I recommend getting out there and checking it out. Yeah, seriously. Well, let's get into some new music here. You got new music. uh, Wrapping up your three episodes in a row. Yeah. Speaking speaking of split albums. And and yeah, if you look on the uh, track listing of this, The Return of the California Takeover... They are not divided amongst bands. It's not like uh, all the Strife songs and all the Snapcase songs and all the Earth Crisis songs. They're all there, but they're but they're mixed up a little bit. Sometimes you get a song in a row from the same band, but that's how they did it in the past, and that's how they were doing it now. Cool. So even if you haven't heard of uh, one or two of the bands on that album, that's a prime opportunity for you to check them out. There you go. Except now in the digital age, it's a little uh, more difficult. You're able to cherry pick a bit easier because, yeah, I'm, on at least Apple Music, and I'm pretty sure on Spotify as well, you can only find the tracks by artist. That's how I got to listening to it. It was like all the Strife songs, they're in their library, and all the Earth Crisis songs are in their library. Same thing with Snapcase. So... Me being who I am, I love all three of these bands. I had to go and download each one from their separate accounts. So it exists as like three albums on my Apple Music. That's or cool. three EPs. We'll say yes. we'll say it that way. Four tracks each. Yep. But if you go on the Bandcamp of the California Takeover, which I believe is through uh, Victory Records Bandcamp, or maybe it was Revelation. I don't remember. Maybe it is Victory. They were all signed to Victory at one point. Okay. So, but if you ha- if you look at it on there, it's got the track list in the way they have it set up, where it's all shuffled, pretty much. Cool. So, nothing wrong with listening to it band by band. That's fine. You have the you have the ability, and you have the right to do that. <laughs> you know, you can even put both the California Takeover albums together and listen and listen to them that way if you really True. want to. There, they are different songs. There are different songs, <laughs> but one of them just sounds a little more. Uh, uh, a little better in terms of production. <laughs> I'll say that. We'll let you guess which one. Okay, but yeah, let me let me get to it. This is the conclusion of my little excursion of the return of the California Takeover. The first one was Strife. The second was Snapcase. Actually, no, the second was Strife, and the first was Snapcase. And now, finally, the band that everyone was waiting for, maybe Earth Crisis. Earth Crisis, I, I got to do a little spiel on these guys. These guys are one of the instigators of what we know as Metalcore. They were there since the beginning. Yeah, hardcore as we knew it, uh, as I'm speaking in the royal we here, <laughs> you look at hardcore in the 80s. The heaviest band that you could say at the time was maybe the likes of Judge or DRI or the Gorilla Biscuits, you know, the crossover bands. Uh, I'm... I didn't mean to say Gorilla Biscuits. They're actually pretty soft. <laughs> the Chromags. <laughs> I was okay. going to say the Chromags. Those were what we knew as the heavy hardcore bands. But really kind of overnight, right at the turn of the decade, the turn of the decade, you started getting bands that were like, you could tell they were listening to a lot of Slayer. They were listening to a lot of Metallica. They were listening to a lot of uh, maybe the 
newer, heavier alternative music that was coming out. You know, grunge. <laughs> or they were listening to a lot of Sabbath or whatever. And yeah, then metal and hardcore kind of went into different factions. What we knew as punk was... Uh, be, basically became the skate punk bands. Bands like No Effects and Bad Religion. That was punk rock. Hardcore took on a form of its own, and Earth Crisis was one of the foot soldiers of that. So when they came out uh, with probably their most their most iconic song, Firestorm, that was that was just like a whole new breed of hardcore music. It was like, wait, it's heavy, it sounds and feels like an old school metal song, but it just makes you want to throw your fists in the air and just <laughs> be the hardcore kid that you are. It's like, this is very different from Minor Threat. But Earth Crisis just kind of made, took it a step further because they took the whole uh, vegan straight edge ethos and ran with it. Awesome. Yep. So, and that's kind of what Firestorm was all about. <laughs> it's like taking a drug-addled neighborhood and just like, yeah, a firestorm just going in there with a flamethrower. It's just like, burn this place down. <laughs> they were a little aggressive. <laughs> they were romanticizing a little bit, but it was like, yeah, that's kind of the, it's not like they wanted to. They're just kind of saying, yep. Yeah. Kind of in the same way that uh, Dead Kennedys was going with uh, kill the poor. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like that. That's a whole other can of worms. I'm trying to stay focused here. I'm sorry. But but Earth Crisis, yes, they had their straight-edge songs. They had their vegan songs. But they were also very socio, socio-politically adept. And one of the songs that they they were always bringing up, like, uh, the shortcomings of, <clears throat> of the society in which we lived. Some of it had to do with addiction. Some of it had to do with uh, uh, meat consumption. But some of it just had to do with... You know, there's just some fucked up people around here. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just some just some shitty people making life hard, and it was well instigated in this, uh, not instigated, exemplified in this song that I chose, the live version of one of my favorite Earth Crisis songs, and that is Born From Pain. I love the aggressiveness of it. I love the feeling behind it. I love the riff. I love how Carl is just belting out these... <clears throat> these vocals and these lyrics, and it's just catchy as hell, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You can't really understand it in uh, in this live version, admittedly, because as the years went on, Carl doesn't really know what type of voice he wants to do, <laughs> what type <laughs> of vocals he's trying to put off. Like, And you'll hear it in this song. Sometimes it gets, like, really guttural, kind of a deathcore growl. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just, like, going into that high-pitched hardcore drawl that everyone knows him for. It's a, uh, and a lot of stuff in between. It just seems so, it seems so weird. <laughs> it's like, come on, make up your mind, Carl. But still a good song nonetheless, and I will let it speak for itself. So here is Earth Crisis, born from pain. Last circle pit of the night. Set that motherfucker off. We're born from pain. Try! Try! 
So yeah, there it is. And also, I may have jumped the gun a little bit talking about uh, Carl's vocals because I did not take into account sticking the mic out into the crowd, everyone going for the mic grabs. So I'm like, okay, okay, maybe his it's not all his vocals because that is something that happens at hardcore shows. True. Especially at these ones because there's no barrier. There's no barricade at these shows. Right. People get up on stage. They crowd around the singer. They sing their they sing their parts, and then they jump off. Um, but yeah, that concludes the return of the California Taker. Uh, the California the California Taker. taker. <laughs> oh man, is that the guy that is that the guy the Dick Kennedys keep mentioning in their California Uberalis song? Could be. That California Taker <laughs> in any one of their versions. It's weird how I keep coming back to Dead Kennedys in this episode. <laughs> Twice already. We are not playing the Dead Kennedys. We are know. not. In fact, um, this episode, at least the picks from me, is kind of going to be a marathon of metalcore songs. Right. So, so yeah. And fittingly enough, it started off with Earth Crisis, one of, the, as I said, the instigators of said genre. And you do hear it. In, in those vocals, you kind of hear the little groovy parts, which was something that was happening at the time. Thank you, Pantera and Machine Head, Marauder and Madball also, bringing the more groove element to hardcore and metal. So, so yeah, they just, uh, like I said, Earth Crisis just did it harder. Also, I wanted to say a funny story about Earth Crisis and Snapcase that had to deal with me. When I was first starting to get into this style of hardcore... I I kind of implored and poked Conrad of Mandalore. I poked his brain because he knows all the hardcore bands. And he kind of uh, called me out because I was like going out. I was just naming some of the bands I was listening to at the time. And he was like, okay, Terror, yeah, they're good live, not on the album. Madball is a guilty pleasure and Blood for Blood is just a shitty band. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do you recommend? He's like... All right, the two bands I think you ought to start off with, Earth Crisis and Snapcase. Okay, awesome. It's like, that's the real hardcore. (laughs) I'm air quoting the real (laughs) hardcore. And then like a year later, I found at FYE uh, a Snapcase CD, Looking Glass Self, and Earth Earth Crisis's Destroy the Machines. And I took a picture of them, posted them on Facebook, tagged Conrad in it, and was like, hey, Real hardcore. And he was like, you make me proud. (laughs) So, yes. But I'm sorry, Conrad. I still listen to Blood for Blood. (laughs) And Madball and Terror. I still love those bands. That's funny. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah. I'm going to shut up now. But I will be talking more about metalcore. Because it's an interesting genre. It is so weird. But we'll get to that when we get to that. I have a hardcore pick on the show. But the next two, not so hardcore. A uh, couple new tracks. They were the first one here was released October sixteenth of twenty twenty one, and the band is called Rough Law. They are from Madrid in Spain. Nice. They just uh, got together as a band last year in twenty twenty. While everybody's locked down, well, these guys got together. Uh, they come from bands like Spansul's Fifteen MG. I'm not familiar with that band. Murder King, Insufferables. And murder, not murder, Rebel Workers and La Cruz. La Cruz is the only one that I'm actually familiar with, so I'm actually looking forward to checking out some of these other bands because I like this music here. 
if I was to check one out just based on the name, it'd be Murder King. Right? That I am in. I'm with you. I want to check out Murder King. Rebel Workers sounds great. La Cruz. I like La Cruz. Uh, again, the band formed during COVID. Well, lockdowns. I'll say confinements of 2020. That's what they worded it, but we know why everybody was confined in 2020. Uh, they recorded this demo and developed. They developed and recorded it all at home. And they just released it October 16th of this year. The demo is called Desconfia, and it's pretty awesome. There's a lot of great tracks on there. The one that I picked that I wanted to you know, talk about here is the, the track Subcultura. Most of the track, I think all the tracks were in Spanish, or at least mostly in Spanish, including this one. Uh, they're pretty awesome. I think they did a great job with this, especially since you know the, it was developed and recorded at home. So pretty awesome there. It's a demo. I don't know that, you know, usually when bands do demos, they are leaving it open to go record, maybe in a studio, uh, you know, at some point in the future. But that's what they did. Well, that's what they did on this one. Desconfia is a demo, but it's a really good sounding demo. I like it. So here we go. Here's Rough Law with Subcultura off of their demo for that just got released back in October. So here we go. <laughs> Y 
momento te ha marcado Sigue vivo su legado La fecha no se ha apagado Los valores no han cambiado No los hemos enterrado Subcultura, correte la perra Subcultura, rasgando el telón Subcultura, siempre dando guerra Subcultura Subcultura, en el punto de mira Subcultura, al pie del cañón Subcultura, en mi estilo de vida Subcultura Rafla with Subcultura I tried looking up the band uh, Murder King. Uh, I couldn't exactly find one from Spain, but I found one from Turkey. And I guess they're more uh, groove metal. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure if that is the right band. I mean, these guys are from Madrid, but it doesn't mean that some of the guys, you know, I mean, especially if you f uh, form under house confinement or during house confinement, you can form with anybody from anywhere, really. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so I am not sure which one... Uh, maybe we'll have to look into some of those other band names further. I know La Cruz is there in Spain, but again, I wasn't that familiar with the other names. So we'll have to check them out. That track, I like it. Uh, a, a thing I like about Oi music is I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock music, hair metal and stuff like that, is a lot of Oi music has a lot of some of that glam rock or just regular rock incorporated into it. And I think... You know, something that I enjoy from it, and yeah. this had some of that, especially in the guitars. I liked it. What do you think of Rough Law and their, their demo here from, you know, Subcultura? Well, yeah, Rough Law, I was definitely hearing more of a uh, more of an oi sound as opposed to a hardcore sound, right? as you said prior to. I misspoke song. then. Uh, <laughs> my older, lesser known pick is the hardcore song. Ah, all right. That so makes Didn't mean that if I, <laughs> yeah, didn't mean that part. That makes sense. Okay. okay. So. So yeah, I was like, well, I guess it's kind of hardcore. They're a little, <laughs> they're a little rough around the edges and whatnot. But that's the idea. It's like a rough oi, not so quite the uh, uh, the more squeaky clean version of it. I think you know the squeaky clean kind of does have you know has a lot of the rock and roll elements in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But I do like the rough version because it gives you some something else. Yeah, feels more. Uh, yeah, it just got a semblance of more gruff. <laughs> yes, sometimes you just want your shit gritty. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like it's being scraped off the cobblestone walkways of, I don't know, deep, deep Birmingham. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, check out Rough Law. They're from Madrid. Uh, I'll be punking away worldwide now that I'm going to try to get it going again. We'll be doing Spain, I don't know when, maybe late January or something like that. So I'll be playing another Rough Law track once we get around to playing bands from Spain. Uh, but I recommend getting out there and checking out Desconfia. It's on their Bandcamp page uh, before then. One more new track. The band is Lawmaker. They released two EPs, two four-track EPs earlier this year. And at the time, I was like, well, I really like both of these. And they released to go along with each of those. Because they were about, I don't know, four, five, I don't know, five or six months apart. I forget. It was earlier, like the very beginning of the year and then the... Uh, middle of the year is when the EPs came out with each EP they released a an acoustic version so the same four tracks from the EP that came out but acoustic versions of those tracks so technically they've released four EPs this year and then they put together both EPs and added two new tracks so 10 tracks and we get this LP 
which is all work, no class. They just released this back in, I think the LP was officially, officially released in October, but right now you can get the digital versions of the two EPs. They did release the single version digitally of this track called Out of Sight that we're about to play. But there is another track on there called Go that you'll only get currently on the LP album version at this point because they don't have the digital version of the entire album out. Uh, so go get yourself the, uh, the actual hard copy like I'm holding in my hands. And I want to thank... Uh, Jesper for sending it over here. He, he's guitar and vocals in the band. And this is awesome. Before they released the LP, for sure the two EPs were going to be in my top 10 EPs. But maybe I'm going to, since it's the same tracks and now it's an LP, it'll probably be in my top 10 for <laughs> LPs. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, I'm getting there on the list, but this band, this album, their releases for the year are, are pretty awesome. If you go to either their Facebook page or their uh, Instagram, you can direct message them for shirts, the LP on vinyl, and all of that stuff, and, and they will get it sent to you. That's how I got my two shirts. Got a green and a black. Love those shirts. I wore my green one to Punk Rock Bowling. Uh Awesome band. The band's based out of Stockholm, Sweden, and San Francisco in California. I've talked a lot about the band. I really like the release. Like I said, it's going to be on my top of the year. The only reason why I'm not playing it in great cover-to-cover -cover album is because I've played tracks off of it all throughout the year that were on the EPs. And since the two EPs plus two tracks is what comprises the LP, that's what we're get. That's I'm playing out of sight, off of all work, no class LP. Here we go with Lawmaker. Like a 
like a joke that's getting old We sold our soul to rock and roll Awesome. I want to thank Jesper again for sending it over. Like I said, those two EPs were, I, I didn't know if I was going to just put them together, but now they made it easy. It's an LP. It's definitely going to be on my top LPs list. Get out there and check out Lawmaker. Like I said, go to their social medias. On their social medias, they actually play their songs live. Like I said, they released their two EPs uh, separately as well as acoustic versions of all eight tracks. And you can hear them, or watch them, rather, playing video live of several of their tracks doing, like, acoustic versions and stuff like that with everybody in the video. Huh. So, check wow. it out. Uh, before we move on from new music, I just saw it dropped 26 minutes ago. Irish Voodoo Records is dropping a Mandalore single tomorrow. So, I didn't mention that earlier because oh. I didn't know about that, but I know about it now. So, Mandalore single coming out on Irish Voodoo Records tomorrow Friday the 17th. They were kind of teasing that. I didn't know it was about a release, but it was very vague because they said that they just joined the family of Irish Voodoo Records, so they're officially signed to that label, and they were like, more stuff coming, wait, look out 2022, something like that. So I thought, okay, well, maybe it's going to, maybe we just have to wait a couple months for them to actually do something. But now, well... Fucking surprise. Surprise. <laughs> it's out. So be on the lookout for that new Mandalore. By the time you're hearing it, you can probably get it. Eric, let's do some older, lesser known stuff. All right. Let's get back on the uh, metalcore terrain. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you start off with bands like uh, Earth Crisis and 
quite a few others. There were quite a few others that were coming out into the mix that was just spreading like wildfire. Like I said, punk and hardcore kind of went in their uh, own separate directions. There was the punk revival, like I said, all the bands from Epitaph and eventually Fat Records, and and then also became the that paved the way for the pop punk movement of the 2000s. Whereas uh, the heavier stuff was becoming a bit more niche in the underground. Like, there was uh, there was Pantera and Machine Head being the flag wavers of groove metal. And there was the... And then there was the uh, surrogate of sludge metal. Bands like I Hate God and Down. And Solian Green, who listened to a lot of Black Sabbath and a lot of the later Black Flag stuff. And they just looked at them and were like, we can make it doomier. We can make it sound <laughs> heavier. And we can make it sound sludgier. That's where the name came came from. <laughs> nice. So yeah, Metalcore was getting those uh, was get, getting those uh that traction in the underground. And it was just like those hardcore kids who just wanted their music a bit harder. And metal and metalheads who were just thinking, uh, our metal could be a little bit gnarlier because look at what's happening with metal right now. Not a lot of it is doing good. That being uh, new metal was becoming the uh, whipping boy for all the true metalheads. <laughs> and of course the and of course death metal it was getting its stuff, but it hadn't quite reached uh, the mainstream accolades as what bands like Korn and Deftones were getting at the time. Right. So yeah, it was a bit of a weird. It was a bit of a weird time in the 90s. (laughs) so strange how everything was coming together and splitting apart at the same time. Limp Biscuit. Yep, Limp Biscuit. (laughs) Limp Biscuit. My God, what a thing. (laughs) So, yeah, Limp Biscuit aside, like I said, there was a lot of different metalcore coming out. You think of metalcore, you think of bands like, you think of bands like Hatebreed, who became like the, probably the most successful of the most simple form of metalcore. But on the opposite end, you heard some other bands that were like, okay, that one listened to a lot of Slayer. And that one listened to a lot of Metallica. That one listened to a lot of proggy stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, there were quite a few bands that didn't reach the same accolades as bands like uh, Converge and Hatebreed and also Killswitch Engage. And speaking of Killswitch Engage, three of the f- three of the five members were in a metalcore band, f- really at the beginning of it all since 1990. Going f- not 1990, my bad. Uh, 1994. Yes, I should have remembered that date. Should have remembered that year for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but they were only around until uh, roughly until around 1999-2000, and. This was comprised of Adam Dukowicz, who we now know as the guitarist and the and pretty much the producer of Killswitch Engage. Cool. It was also included of a Joe Strutzel, who became the Killswitch Engage guitarist. He was playing guitar in Afterburner, and uh, what's his name? Tom Tom Gomez, who was in the one of the releases of Killswitch Engage, the uh, Alive or Just Breathing record. Which was their first release. Sweet. So yeah, he only he didn't stick around with them very long. But 
we all know that Adam was like the uh, cultivator of that band. He was also the cultivator of Aftershock, and his brother Tobias was the vocalist. Cool. So it was a family affair all around. And Afterburner, they were the type of metalcore band that took a lot of influence from the Swedish death metal stuff. Bands like At The Gates and Entombed. They were just listening to all those mellow death that was coming out. It's like, yeah, it's heavy, but it's really incredibly melodic. It just makes you want to sing and kind of uh, swoon to it rather than just bang your head and just bump into people. <laughs> but you could get both of that. So they were like taking the... They were taking what bands like Earth Crisis and Hatebreed were laying down, and they were like, okay, let's uh, bring some of this uh, melody to it. And that is, and when you hear Afterburner, at Afterburner, Aftershock, <laughs> I'm thinking of the arcade game, apparently. <laughs> when you hear Aftershock, you hear that same type of uh, guitar tone and the structure of it that you hear in Killswitch Engage. And they are like the poster child for what became known as Metalcore. That's like the first thing you think of when you think of that genre. But it all started with Aftershock. And you hear that stuff in the album that they that apparently is the fan favorite, Through the Looking Glass. And yes, it is loosely based on uh, the novel by Lewis Carroll. And I mean loosely as in there's a couple of songs that deal with that. They have a song called The Jabberwocky. Okay. So yeah. But a lot of it is really like uh, inward thinking and dealing with uh, your own demons and all your own ailments and just everything that's kind of uh, coming out and making you who you are. So it's really just an introspective type of metalcore, which is something that, which was a theme that carried over into Killswitch Engage. A lot of having love and love lost and all that type of stuff. Cool. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, like I said, it all kind of started with Aftershock. And when I learned about this band... I went went and dove into Through the Looking Glass. It's a lot of great songs, but the one that stuck out to me was is the one that I think I think was the uh, groundwork for the rest of Killswitch Engage's entire career, and that was My Own Invention. It's got the guitar stuff. It's got the it's got the melodic stuff. It's got the heavy stuff, and it's got the growly stuff, and it's got a breakdown. So. There we are. <laughs> this is Metalcore in the late 90s. You're kind of getting a history lesson inadvertently, so take notes, everybody. This is Aftershock, my own invention. Symbolize and then 
I told you about the breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> so good, you didn't want it to end. And it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Also, I'm going to revert back. I had to fact check myself. That's just the end of the song. Yeah, that is the end of the song. I had to fact check myself. Um, uh, I can't remember. Tom. Tom Gomez. He was on the Alive or Just Breathing album. However, that was not Kill Switch Engage's debut record. Their debut record was Kill Switch Engage, (laughs) (laughs) the self-titled, but he did not drum on that record. The drums were actually handled by Adam himself. Okay. So yeah, once again, Adam Dukowicz, jack of all fucking trades. (laughs) He was also on The Price is Right. (laughs) Anyone remember that? (laughs) Yeah, people just kind of forgot about Kill Switch for a minute. They... Uh, they kind of fizzled out of the public eye. They still make well for themselves. They got their fan base and everything. They, they're they doing fine. But they got back into the public eye just because Adam showed up on The Price is Right one day. It's like, oh, the okay. It's <laughs> funny. I can't remember if he won, but he did get pretty far. That's so, cool. Good for him. Yep. So, yes, that was Aftershock. That is Through the Looking Glass. Uh, I recommend giving that entire album a listen. It is really good. And this was also in production when Killswitch Engage was really starting to form. So Adam was pulling a double duty on doing the Aftershock and getting Killswitch Engage started. So 
Not too hard to see all the little uh, crossing of hairs between these bands. So, yeah, and you heard it. The proof stood right before you. And, yep, the result, Killswitch Engage, one of the greatest metalcore bands of all time, objectively speaking. <laughs> yeah. Opinions may differ. I used to hate them when I was younger because I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck mixes heavy and soft at the same time? Yeah, that was really the only reason. Nice. <laughs> but they grew on me, and I, I respect them a lot more. Cool. Yep. And that's uh, that's half of the metalcore songs I'll be playing on this episode. Well, there's more of that to come. Let's do some yep. hardcore coming at us from Krakow in Poland. The band is called Six Steps Forward. They started as a band back in 2012, but last year, almost exactly a year ago, December 18th of 2020, they released an EP called Bomb the World. I played a track off of Man of Substance, and I played it back uh, in Punkanoi Worldwide's episode featuring all bands from Poland earlier this year. I think it was like back in May or something like that. Back then, go check it out. They released a video recently for the track Man of Substance. I recommend going and checking out that video. We're going to play a different track off of that EP, and it is Black and White Concept. That's the name of the track. Let's get into some hardcore coming at us from Poland. Again, the band's name is Six Steps Forward. Here we go with Black and White Concept.
black and white concept. That's six steps forward. What'd you think? Oh man, they hit all the right spots. Like I get a, I get a hardcore hard on for when it actually, <laughs> for what the. For what the fucking uh, guitars just cease for a minute and then the bass just like leads into the next one, like they did there a couple times. That part. And also, during that little uh, breakdown, I just love when it goes all fucking chuggy tremolo, like followed right by, followed right after by the downstroking. So. Awesome. So yeah, just the alternation of riffs in that last one. It was a fun, groovy, heavy number. Right? So yeah, Pretty thank awesome. you. Thank you, Six Steps Forward. If I could speak anything in Polish, I would thank you then, but I do <laughs> not, so. <laughs> well, they're awesome. Bomb the World is the name of that EP. That's their newest release. Go check out the video for Man of Substance. Go check out the EP. It includes that track, Man of Substance, plus black and white concept. It gives Eric... A hardcore hard one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, I think they're great. Go check them out. They're from Poland. Eric, let's do a Christmas song. Yeah, let's do a Christmas song. And once again, this is a metalcore Christmas song <laughs> from the lovely, the talented, the August Burns Red. You know, they had a lot of various Christmas songs. When I was looking yeah. just through their music, I was surprised at how many different Christmas songs were in there. Oh, they actually did a whole uh, Christmas compilation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But the the one that everybody uh, flocks to, and this was on their uh, their Messengers album, the outtakes, that is, of their, yeah, their version of the Carol of the Bells, which personally to me is my favorite uh, Christmas song, whether it's just the music or the, you know, the music with the choir above it, anything like that. But when I was uh, playing piano back when I was uh, younger, uh, I always this was the one reason I looked forward to Christmas each year <laughs> is because I just really loved playing that song. And yeah, I objectively could play it any time of year, but it just made a lot more sense to do it around Christmas, get it in the spirit, because literally the lyrics are Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but of course, I grew up in the age where uh, everyone was introduced to that song to the Ding, fries are done, ding, fries are done, ding, fries are done. I gotta run, I gotta run. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> if you're my age, you know what I'm talking about. One of the first videos you watch on the internet. Oh, God. Check it out. Check that part out. So every time I was, I was trying to uh, learn that song. I was remember. I was just singing it in my head. Ding, fries are done. Ding. Okay, now I remember what notes to hit. <laughs> so so yeah, and of course when I play it on the piano, I get aggressive with it. I'm just like ding, 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 just meddling the fuck out. On the keyboards, so it was pretty awesome when I got to hear um, August Burns Red's version of that because I'm like that 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 is what I want to do. <laughs> and then Trans Siberian Orchestra kind of did the same thing with the actual uh, symphony behind them. So and yeah, that one is good too, and maybe technically speaking better because they had a lot more instrumentation behind it, but. With August Burns Red, they just did everything they did on their guitars, and they just made it their own. So, here is the Carol of the Bells, brought to you by the metalcore greats, August Burns Red.
So, yes, there was August Burns Red. No vocals, but <laughs> really uh, needed them. Though it would have been awesome to be hearing Jake do the vocals on that one. Because, I mean, if you know what he sounds like, just Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Right? <laughs> also, this is kind of another uh, thing that's fitting for the holiday spirit. Um, the members of August Burns Red, at least uh, most of them, the singer, Jake Lurz, and the guitarist, I believe, they are practicing Christians. Oh. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> they don't, like, uh, openly and uh, express it in their music. Their music is a, is a different beast as it is, though it does come across in certain things like that. But, yeah, they're not blatant about it, much like some other Christian metalcore bands. <laughs> but that was another faction of it. The, some other bands included uh, Unashamed. They included Zao. And uh, probably the biggest one was Under Oath. But... <laughs> They were a bit more on the post-hardcore side as well. They were just uh, kind of in between. Also, Devil Wears Prada. I think they were a Christian band. I can't remember. But, yeah, there w that was a thing. Still kind of is, I guess. I don't know. I don't really follow... I don't really follow bands that express their religious views in songs. <laughs> Unless it's Satanism. Which, by the way, I mean, if... Uh, yeah, August Burns Red, Carol of the Bells. That's a fucking... Uh, that's a fucking Christmas carol for headbangers. If you're getting sick of Venom's Black Christmas, <laughs> speaking of the Satanism thing, then yeah, there you go. There's a, there's another one to uh, bang your head to in the holiday spirit. Awesome. Cheers to that. Awesome. Well, we're going to do some great cover-to-cover -cover albums here in just a moment. I don't really have a whole lot to add. Uh, I was still sick enough that I didn't want to go out. You know, I wasn't COVID positive anymore, but I was still coughing and shit. So I didn't go see Friends Miss this past week, but we did have Friends Miss. And I think I saw that they raised over $20,000 for Friends Miss, which went to Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. So mm. shout out to CJ of Racist Kramer. I was supposed to do a show with him because we were going to promote that. And I was sick for basically the whole two weeks that led up to that. Yeah. Un Sucks. Unplanned because uh, who plans to get sick? Who plans to get COVID? Right. Uh, a punk rock Christmas, the Friends Miss 21, and it had Racist Kramer, Cop Drama, Fail to Follow, Pirates of the Promised Land. The bands do covers of other bands' tracks. Cool concept. I wish I could have done the show. But anyway, uh, congratulations to them for uh, generating 20 grand for the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. That is awesome. Is there any shows that you've been to or any that you want to mention? I think there's only like one or two things coming up, so I've, I'm going to be brief. Yeah, there was there was one that I went to. It was on a, It was on Sunday, and Sunday I don't really usually go out to shows. Um, and yeah, Sunday was a bit of a loaded bag. I had band practice, and then I had... Then we went over to uh, have dinner with my parents, and then it was like, well, uh, maybe we should go to this show. And we kind of felt like we had to because we were invited by our friend uh, Nate, and he and he also does the uh, Wrecked podcast with me and Shawnee and Dez. So we see him every week, and he's in a band called Pine Walker. He plays the drums for them. And they were playing a show that day with Swarmer and with another band that was out of state who apparently were delayed because they got snowed in. Or just uh, some other obstruction came up in, while they were en route to Salt Lake. So 
We didn't we didn't really see them. We kind of arrived late. I didn't get to see Swarmer, which kind of bummed me out. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> or as I prefer to him, did you the Delta Part Two? <laughs> which I gotta go on record saying again, I made that mistake a few episodes back. They have nothing to do with that band. <laughs> yeah. Once again, it was they have they're composed of members from Bird Leader. Bird Leader, Bird Eater, and Cult Leader, and Form of Rocket. Okay. <laughs> so all of them, all of which are good bands, you know, of Cult Leader. I played them twice, no, three times on this show. Right. Twice with the same album. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I make a lot of mistakes on this show. But Swarmer, they are a good band. When we recognize Listen to them, them we correct it. <laughs> we do. We do. And thanks to Swarmer for uh, reaching out to us and just being like, thanks for playing us on the show. And by the way, your uh, your uh, co-host kind of fucked up with the history of us. <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay, noted. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> corrected. Corrected. Well, well, not really corrected, but identified. <laughs> yes. Just pointing out, uh, us here in Salt Lake, we definitely want to see bands all throughout the year traveling, but... This time of year, you never know. Yesterday, mm. overnight, we got, uh, I don't know, like a f- over a foot of snow, probably. The canceled school that happens in Salt Lake throughout the winter. Last winter wasn't that bad, but this winter, we've already had a couple pretty good snowstorms, and I think it's currently snowing outside. I don't think it's supposed to be too bad this time, but uh, I just shoveled a lot of fucking snow yesterday. <laughs> My back was killing me. <laughs> Man, at work, we were shoveling the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, I bet that took a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, I skidded twice. <laughs> yes. Once into uh, once into some guy just bumped his b- bumped his bumper. It was barely. It wasn't even anything. But he was driving a company truck, so he had to report it. Uh, yeah. So that that was stupid. But I don't think anything's gonna come of it because there is no physical damage. Good. Let me put it this way: the only thing that was damaged was my license plate. It just folded in a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so that was that things. was it. Yeah, but I did skid off the road in this last snowstorm because I was driving. It was like all the shoveled, all the snow was plowed and pushed to one side. I'm like, okay, this is good. But as soon as I crossed one road into of an intersection, <laughs> oh shit, I'm fishtailing, and then I that I was like swerving and I swerved into the bank of the snow where it was like all of it was collected, and it grabbed my tires a little bit just to just enough to make it stop. Fortunately, I did not run into anybody. I did not run into a pole or another car Good. or <laughs> whatever it was. So I was thankful on that. And I also just barely got new tires put on my car Sweet. just before that. So, yeah, I can't imagine how that would have worked if I had the Mr. Clean tires. Yeah, that would be so good. <laughs> Which if you don't get, you if you look at Mr. Clean, cue ball. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, at the show... We were there for just one band, and that was Pine Walker. We saw their whole set, and they're they're not a they're not a punk rock band at all. They are metal. They are they got a very uh, proggy side to them. Think of like a High on Fire, Mastodon type thing, and it's and it's really good. I really liked what I was hearing, but man, the bass was just overpowering everything. I could not hear. Uh, the main guy's vocals, and I also couldn't hear one of the guy, one of the guitarists, when he was doing leads. Wow! I was like, God, this this really sucks. But I can tell that they are into it. I can tell that they are good. And I did get to hear Nate on his on his drums. He is a fantastic drummer. Cool. So 
So yeah, Pinewalker is a really good band. You should check them out if you're into that uh, sludgy, proggy, semi-doomy songs that are 12 minutes long type metal. Okay. <laughs> it's good. I like it. <laughs> Maybe you will too. Who knows? Well, I brought up the weather not to discourage anybody from coming. Just pay attention to weather forecasts when you're on your way to Salt Lake City oh, throughout yeah. this time of year. Uh, a couple shows that are coming up in California, the 26th annual Christmas Formal, Saturday, December 18th, and it'll feature the Vandals and Channel 3 at the House of Blues in Anaheim. So uh, on the 18th, go check that show out if you're there in Anaheim. Uh, the Ponds will be doing December and January touring uh, on the 18th. They'll be in Lakewood, California, and then the 29th and 30th, 31st, they'll be Arizona, Texas. They'll be doing New Mexico, Colorado. I think they're going all the way, it looks like, all the way to Arkansas, and then several shows in Texas and Arizona throughout January. So go look up the Ponds, and you can see the other shows that they may have coming up. I don't have anything else that is coming up here in the next week or two. Eric, anything else you want to add, or are you ready for your album? Oh, no, I do have some stuff to add. Okay. I've actually got a lot of shows mapped out from uh, well into spring next year. So oh, I bet, yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let me just make sure I'm starting in the right spot. What is today? Today is the 16th? It is. The 16th. Okay, so let's start off with the song with the show that's going to be going on on the 17th, that being tomorrow at the Urban Lounge, the one of the old schoolers of Salt Lake City Hardcore Iceburn will be playing a show that day. They rarely ever get to play a show. Gentry, he is uh, double-timing with two bands, this being one, Eagle Twin being the other. Eagle Twin is something completely different. It is more like a uh, heavy Doom Metals-type project. Really good, though. But Iceburn is a beast in and of itself. It's... <laughs> the Oh, man, I can't remember the name of the album, but it is basically just some weird, hardcore, kind of jazz-influenced style hardcore with a saxophone going over it. Wow. It is weird. It is like a... It's like interpretive jazz mixed with hardcore. <laughs> I really don't know how to explain it better than that, but... But, yeah, Iceburn... Man, they are just like a, oh, they are their own beast. Anyway, they will be playing with uh, Odd Equals and Seven Daggers. Seven Daggers is coming back into the fold. I really love those guys. They have a very, uh, very weird kind of, uh, uh, kind of off-kilter sound to them. Very technical and very dancey and very fun. Anyway, uh, moving Moving on, also on the 17th at the Complex, if you're looking for something a bit more metallic, and I mean this is a lot of metal on here, at the Complex, the band Exhorter, yeah, Exhorter with Tank of, Take Offense, Extinction AD, Plague Years will become, and Plague Years will be coming to Salt Lake City, and including the, op and they will include some local opening support from Necrowolf and Suffocator. Nice. So yes. Me, I would mainly go for Suffocator. <laughs> but no, I do like Take Offense. That's something a bit more on the hardcore side. And Exorder and Extinction AD, yeah, a bit thrashy. I don't know Plague Years. Uh, Necro Wolf is definitely more uh, thrash as well. On the 18th, there's a couple more shows on that one. There is the Mosh for Santa. Not here in Salt Lake or Utah, but up in Pocatello. So... 
We do have some guys of our own going up there. Social Stigma and Degeneration XXX. Cool. <laughs> we'll all be going up to Pocatello to play with Witness Chamber, Lone Hand, Anti Logic, Dirt Feeder, and Wounds Were Open. And that will be at 117 Music Lounge. So if you're up in Idaho and you know where that is, that's where it's going to be playing. So that's going to be a good hardcore show. However, there will be another good hardcore slash punk rock show on the 18th called the At the Beehive. It's not called that. It will be At the Beehive called the 4th Annual Anti-Christmas Suicide Prevention Benefit Show. Cool. So, yeah, it, it will be a benefit show because we know the holidays... They can bring out the worst just as much as they can bring out the best in people. Some of those being some, some of those being problems based on a lot of personal emotional turmoil. No need to really get into that, but the fact that it's an anti-Christmas suicide prevention show, yeah, you want to. It kind of explains itself right there. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, get so yeah, please come to this show. My band will be playing it. That band being anonymous, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta <laughs> make sure because I'm in two right now. But only one of them is actively playing shows, so anonymous will be playing. Not only playing, we'll be headlining. We're we're closing out that whole show. That's awesome. With us, with us will be Tact, Marine Corps, Ribbons, and my friend Parker McIntyre's band, Captain Daniels and the Sunnybrook Sailors. He is the one who is putting on this show. So hats off to you, Parker. You got a very stellar lineup here. Uh, Ribbons I have seen, and Marine Corps I've played with. I am really stoked to see those guys. I'm stoked to see Bogus, because Bogus is comprised of a few members, one of which is from NARC, that being Spencer Anderson. And I love his playing, so anything he touches, I feel can turn to gold. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bogus is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Captain Daniels, heard them, never seen them, though. I have seen Parker perform uh, solo, but I've never seen his full band. So in short, I've seen Captain Daniels, but I've never seen the rest of his sailors. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's more along the lines of uh, pirate-style folk punk. So if you're into that, <laughs> you'll love uh, Captain Daniels. And Tact, I think, is a relatively new band. I haven't heard of them up until this show was announced. Anyway... That's all I got for the shows this week. Kind of a loaded list. Next week will be a little less, uh, a little less hectic because you know the holidays being you know Christmas, Yule, fucking Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and uh, Sol Invictus, and then eventually bringing in the new year. Wow! But the new year will have some shows. I I will tell you that right now. <laughs> but we'll worry about that later. But more importantly, come to my show, everybody. <laughs> By the way, we have hoodies. That's awesome. We finally have hoodies. We went through two separate uh, <laughs> retailers, pretty much. One was Tyler's friend, uh, David Soho, up in Wyoming. Because we get hoodies pretty... He could get pretty hoodies. Uh, pretty hoodies, huh? Yeah, you know what? They are <laughs> fucking pretty. Pretty hoodies. Pretty cheap from up there. Cool. But he only had them in size small and medium. So we were like, okay, we'll just go with that guy. Hey, Conrad! <laughs> he made us the rest of the... The rest of the hoodies, you know, large, uh, extra large, and double XL. So we got a lot of those now. So if you are needing a hoodie, and there's already a few who have uh, inquired about it, I say, if you want one, come to the show. Awesome. <laughs> yep. 
come to the show or uh, look at us look us up on Bandcamp. Message us on Facebook or Instagram. We will get the socials at the end of the show, and we will make sure to get you a hoodie. But I mean, really, to make it easier on all of us, just come to the show and buy one for Christ's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> we need the money, man. We gotta we gotta pay back the tax man. <laughs> He doesn't no, he doesn't know we're actually making money, the tax man. <laughs> Pay us in cash. Right. <laughs> and Venmo, I guess. I need to set up a band Venmo now that I think about it. Because they usually just have it go through mine and then I then I transfer it to my bank account and then I pull the cash. And it sucks, but <laughs> I'm sure plenty of bands out there have the same issue. Yeah. But plenty of bands have made their own collective Venmo where everyone has access to it, so yeah, I'm going to have to do that. It'll make shit a lot easier. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's all I got for shows. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get into the great covered cover albums. What'd you pick? Well, I picked uh, this is the last bit of metalcore you'll be hearing on this show. Okay, that is a fucking <laughs> whole <laughs> lie. <laughs> on this episode, sure, but don't worry. I'll be coming back with more. Nice. Oh, so much more. It's a very rich genre. Anyway, the... Excuse me. So the band that I chose to end it out was one of my favorite metalcore-themed albums. And one of the first that I was introduced to... One of the first that I was introduced to back in somewhere around 08, 09. And it was the album American Dream by Walls of Jericho. And Walls of Jericho, I just latched on to that album. For one, this is when I was in middle school, and as I'm getting into heavier music, I was learning about bands that had female lead vocalists, and I was just enamored by that because, wow, for a girl, she can really sing those gutturals really low. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's just like a, that's just a way to kind of turn the teenage boy's mind on its fucking ear. Nice. Listening to stuff like Arch Enemy and uh, and Otep at the time, who was like really damn heavy. It was uh, it was just opening up a whole new world, and Walls of Jericho, the uh, that was something that I was like, okay, she can fucking wail. She <laughs> has some, she's got some uh, sludge in those gutters, and that we call the vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I went back, I listened to a lot of their stuff that came out in the late '90s and early 2000s, and they were definitely a lot more on the uh, lo-fi hardcore sound. With the with the metallic edge to it, so yeah, those were those are definitely more. Those are definitely tracks that would heed more to them as a hardcore band. But as they went on and they started developing their style and kind of uh, tightening up their tightening up their technique and their man, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess output <laughs> their musical output and the exclam anything they were putting exclamation points on the end of. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they were just uh, honing to their craft until the American Dream. That was the last album they put out until uh, until they kind of went on a hiatus, and then they came back at some point in the last decade with a new album. So they're they're back in the fold now. I don't know how active they are as far as touring goes, but I hope they are touring because I really need to see them live at least once. <laughs> but back to but back to what was going on. The American Dream. Released in 2008, kind of at the tail end of when Metalcore was uh, was in its popularity. It reigned supreme throughout the 2000s. And then it just kind of uh, 
Then it just kind of peaked, plateaued, and just kind of uh, fizzled out and is uh, now in remission currently. But it's coming back in uh, weird, different ways. I can attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Wells of Jericho, they were just one of the last bands to uh, technically slide under the garage door before it closed. Okay. And they did so with the American Dream. Here is one song from it that I absolutely love. Got a lot of those thrashy riffs, got a lot of those hardcore riffs, and it has a lot of uh, also nice little serene melodic parts just to kind of like give a an eye of the hurricane, so to speak. This is the song that I chose, A Long Walk Home. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I heard that shit and I was just like, okay, what else you got for me, Candace? <laughs> that's the, that's the vocalist, Candelin, uh, uh, sorry, I'm reading the last name, Candace, and I don't know how to pronounce the last name. It's uh, Kusalain, Kusalain? It's K-U-C-S-U-L-A-I-N. I never heard the last name pronounced, so that's my best interpretation <laughs> of it. Uh, anyway, yeah, one thing, one thing that I also wanted to point out, their drummer, at least uh, from the era of 2003, 2004, right around there, is Alexi Rodriguez, and he is a... He has been all around the globe in the metal, metalcore, hardcore world, having drummed for the hardcore band Trial, and also drumming for Three Inches of Blood. And he had his little bouts in Walls of Jericho. He's gone all over the place. So, <laughs> so yeah. But he's uh, not on this album, so now you're just going to have to listen to another Possibly lesser drummer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry, Dustin. You're a good drummer. <laughs> As if you're gonna listen to this. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Do other bands listen to this podcast other than the uh, other than the ones who uh, ask to be on it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let us know, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all five of you. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, I'll stop uh, talking down on, on us and everybody else, and I'll start letting Walls of Jericho do the talking down to this entire country. Yes, here is the title track from The American Dream. Or you can refer to it as, as how the chorus presents itself, Fuck The American Dream. Oh yeah, it's getting down that road, and it's gonna make you pissed, it's gonna make you yell until your windows break in your car. Uh, just me. Okay. <laughs> well, the American dream. Here it is, everybody. Fuck the American dream! Here we go, man! 
to uh, kind of point out this album was released in 2008 in 2008 that was when we were at the height of the economical recession in this country True. so so yeah people were getting laid off because people just couldn't afford to pay their employees anymore i know this firsthand well sort of firsthand i was still in high school at this point <laughs> but my but my dad did get laid off oh. At that one point, that's when I knew how real this shit could be. Right. So yeah, the uh, the morale of this country was a bit of an all-time low, at least for the working class, because our way of living was being jeopardized. Right. So yeah, kind of makes sense that a song like Fuck the American Dream would be coming out, because yeah, the American Dream, why is it getting jeopardized constantly? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's... Uh, and unfortunately, the after effects are still, are still happening right now. But we can kind of blame Wall Street for that. Right. <laughs> yep. Found to buy hustlers for hustlers. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> just, uh, just, yeah. Fuck all that. But I will not say fuck walls of Jericho because they are awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. They are awesome. And also, I, I should say that they weren't like on a, on an actual hiatus. I find myself backtracking and fact-checking myself with every fucking band that I have done. Um, They weren't on an actual hiatus. They just uh, did not release an album for eh, for close to 10 years. The last album that came out was, I had the title right here. Yeah, No One Can Save You From Yourself. That came out in 2016, so about eight years later. Cool. So a shade under a decade, it's still... Still pretty long, so you can see why I could confuse that with a hiatus. Right. Yeah. Again, Metalcore was in remission, so and still is, like I said. And who knows where a lot of those bands are right now. Maybe they're just uh, playing festivals every now and again. Could be. Could be. <laughs> so, yeah. Walls of Jericho, American Dream. Listen to that whole album. Listen to their whole discography. They got a lot, and I mean a lot, of good shit. Well, speaking of a lot and a lot of good shit, Angelic Upstarts. That's oh, what we're going to yeah. play next. A lot of good shit, but unfortunately playing them on the grounds of uh, sad shit. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, the vocalist, uh, Menzi, a.k.a. Thomas Mensforth, he just passed away in this last week on December 10th, lost his battle to COVID, unfortunately. Passed away at 65. 
sad. Yeah. I was happy I got to see him and the Angelic Upstarts just a few years back at Punk Rock Bowling. So for me personally, I'm glad that uh, I was able to see him. They were phenomenal at that show. And, you know, that's about 40 years after starting the band that I got to see them play. And they were killing it. Yeah. I've, uh, me on the opposite end, I never got to see Angelic Upstarts. That is a bummer. I did almost see them at a pool party at Punk Rock Bowling as well. And I left before they went on. I don't know I don't know the reason why. I I don't know. Punk rock bowling, a lot of shit's going on. You gotta get yourself to the next event and yeah. shit like that. So sometimes get yourself to an app. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's what I had to do. But but yeah, I regret not sticking around. I heard though I did hear after the fact when Angelic Upstarts went on at that specific show, a lot of uh a lot of skinheads and a lot of street punks were getting into a fair share of tussles, <laughs> and uh, it was getting a little uh, irreverent and out of hand. I mean, even more so than your average skinhead show. So nice. that kind of sucked. I mean, I'm I'm glad I probably dodged a uh, a few fists because who even knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. But then a few years later, I went and saw Slapshot, and that was the most violent show I'd ever been to. <laughs> like, holy shit, these guys! That's a different that's a different story. But let's stick to the plot. For another day. Angelic up starts. That is the focus here. Yes. Uh <clears throat> Menzi is awesome. He's just a great singer. It's unfortunate he passed away. Uh the Angelic Upstarts, they started way back in 1977, formed in South Shields. They had releases all the way up until the, their last LP release was in 2015, the Bullington Bullingdon Bastards. And then they even had a split release with Class Criminal out of Italy uh, in 2018. So they had releases, you know, 41 years. That split came 41 years after they started as a band. That LP is just a few years back. But I want to play something off of uh, the album Reason Why. I really like that album. They have several great ones, especially a lot of their early albums are really good. Big fan of those. But off of Reason Why that came out in 1983... Let's get into a track, one of my favorites off of the album, and it's 42nd Street. So here we go with some angelic upstarts, 42nd Street.
Y'all thought that ended, didn't you? But, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't. They had a little bit left in them. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And uh, and yeah, that was kind of the theme with a lot of Oi music. Just when you think it's uh, just when you think it's over. No, nah, we're still going, man. Still going. Well, this one right here, we're going to play one more off of Reason Why. Again, it's a really cool album. I recommend going and checking out a lot of their early albums. Actually, any albums. But like I say, I really like a lot of that classic punk classic oi stuff that you know they were putting out 70s and early 80s and such this one came out in 83 this song goes out to menzi uh long live you know memories and uh, i'm glad that i was able to see him and you know so many greats mickey fitz and so many other greats just in the last oh, yeah. four or five years you know and yep Mickey Fitz, I was at least fortunate to see the business a couple times. I was not, so. Damn. Yeah. So there we go, <laughs> there we our go. trade-off. <laughs> yep. Here we go. This one is Solidarity off of Reason Why. Last one off the album here for Angelic Upstarts. Stand and behind them, every honest working man in unity. There's each other, and your friend becomes your brother. And in the tyrant's thought, will be a lesson learned. Give them hope, give them strength. Give them life Like a candle burning in the black of night We are with you in our hearts and in our minds And we will pray for a nation through its darkest times I know that your hearts are and a riot stick won't kill your peace of mind You can fight with all the spirit that you possess Because your fight is a struggle that is blessed Give them hope, give them strength Give them life Like a candle burning in the black of night We are with you in our hearts and in our minds And we will pray for a nation through its darkest times Oh, God. 
starts oh man yep that is an that is a eulogy in the form of the working class oi band yep yeah you gotta yeah you really gotta hand it to oi how very advertently straightforward they were yep playing playing what they knew all we know we're factory workers we're mill workers and we just uh, really hate that we're being squandered for all the hard work we put in. Right. And Angelic Upstarts, they were at the forefront of that. Absolutely. Along with many, many others. It's like if you were to put a big four of oi, it's like it would be them. And I think it would be Sham69. I think it would be Coxbar. And, uh, ah, damn, what is a good one? <laughs> <laughs> what is another good one to actually round it out? Um, I don't know. I guess the foreskins. There you go. There's yeah. a lot of good, good or, classics out there. Or Combat 84. Oh, God. There's too damn many. <laughs> too damn many. Now there's not enough. Right. We'll say that. Yes. Uh, hopefully you were able to see them, unlike uh, like Eric here, unfortunately. But, yeah. you know, as we discussed, I didn't get to see the business with uh, oh, that should, that should be one. The business. There you go. There we are. There's a, a lot that we may have missed. Take advantage of them when you can. R.I.P. Menzi. That was Angelic Upstarts. Eric, let's wrap up the show. What do you got for us? Okay, well, <clears throat> going with the uh, theme of what I had last episode with the uh, Bob Rivers track, the Christmas parody of I Am Santa Claus, uh, parodying Iron Man. Well, now we're going a little bit the other way. We actually have a parody of A Christmas Carol, which I said is the most annoying, repetitive, and just straight fucking burned out Christmas Carol ever. That being the 12 days of fucking Christmas. Oh my god, I am so sick of hearing that song. And oh my hell, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard it. Yet the yet it 
annoys me even further that I don't know the whole damn song. I only know all the way up to like uh, five golden rings because that's the shit you hear the most. Five golden rings. Yeah, yeah all the, the lower numbers get repeated so often. The higher numbers don't get repeated as often. I know. It's gotten so bad to the point. It's like, yes, the maids are milking. The drummers are drumming. The fuckers are dancing. There's a partridge, a fucking another bird, and a pear tree. And the rings are fucking golden. And they are not the rings you're thinking of. They're the rings that the fucking bell makes when it when you hit it. God. <laughs> so, yeah, I really do not like the 12 Days of Christmas. But... The one that Bob Rivers released back in, I don't know, what was it, 1988? Something like that, yeah. yeah some, There's a lot of different releases on it, but it was probably somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, so it was somewhere in the late 80s that these songs were coming out. And his take on the 12 Days of Christmas were actually giving more to the stresses and the more negative implications that come about in the holiday because we know they exist. This is one of the most stressful times of year for one reason or another. And the 12 Pains of Christmas, they go through so many of the little things or the major things that really annoy us about the holiday season. So, and yeah, I know it's a parody of the 12 Days of Christmas, but when they are coming back around repeating going to the lower numbers again, they he does it in a way where they mix it up a little bit in that they, you know, they say something different a few times around. <laughs> And it's going through stuff like uh, rigging up lights, finding parking spaces, dealing with the Salvation Army, singing Christmas carols, and all the sales specials that are coming out. All the little things that you think nobody else has a problem with, but they do. So, I'm not going to give too much away here. Here is Bob Rivers, The Twelve Pains of Christmas. The first thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me is finding a Christmas tree. The second thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me, rigging up the lights and finding a Christmas tree. The third thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me, hangovers, rigging up the lights and finding a Christmas tree. The fourth thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me, Sending Christmas cards Hangovers Rigging up the lights And finding a Christmas tree The fifth thing at Christmas That's such a pain to me Five months of bills Sending Christmas cards Hangovers Rigging up the lights And finding a Christmas tree The sixth thing at Christmas That's such a pain to me Facing my in-laws Bringing up these lights and finding a Christmas tree. The seventh thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me. The salvation army facing my in-laws. Five months of bills. Sending Christmas cards. Oh, jeez. I'm trying to rig up these lights and finding a Christmas tree. The eighth thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me. I want red farmer for Christmas. Charities, and what do you mean, your in-laws? Five months of bills. Ah, oh, making out 
these cards. Oh, Edith, give me a beer, huh? Well, we have no extension cards! I'm finding a Christmas tree The ninth thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me Finding parking spaces Daddy, I want some candy! Donation! Facing my in-laws Five months of bills Writing out those Christmas cards Hangovers Now why the hell are they blanking? And finding a Christmas tree So yeah, once again, you're looking for some actual holiday cheer, this music, play this one and laugh your ass off. <laughs> it does a B, it gives me more joy than joy to the world. Nice. <laughs> or insert any other Christmas carol here, except for Carol of the Bells, you stay. <laughs> you stay and uh, this one. And uh, much to uh, my girlfriend, Shawnee's dismay, I really do like this song. The fact is, I heard it on the radio once when uh, I was driving around with uh, my parents. It was around this time of year, and it came on the radio. And I loved it so much, especially uh, especially the guy who is having trouble rigging up his lights. And as soon as the song was over, I was like, hey, Dad, can you uh, rewind that? I want to hear it again. He's like, oh, I wish I could. Because <laughs> it was the radio. I didn't know at the time. So for years, I did not even uh, hear that song until the days of YouTube came around. And then I started thinking, hey, what was that Christmas parody song? I got to look it up. And then I found it again. <laughs> so every, around this holiday, I always, I always play it because, I mean, you heard it. It's funny. But as I was saying about Shawty, whenever Christmas came around at her house, her dad played it cons- constantly every year. So she got so fucking sick of that song. <laughs> I mean, she was already sick of the original because you know, she also hated that one. But this one didn't really fare much better just because of the repetition on top of that. I mean, the song is repetitive as it is. So <laughs> right? day in, day out. So... Thanks, Shawnee's dad. <laughs> she now <laughs> hates this song. Oh, God. But I still love it. I still think it's funny. Hopefully you guys did, too. So onward from one Christmas song to the next, folks. Let's see what Dustin has in store for us. I picked a new wave band. Uh, I want to play some new wave. I'll, next episode will be some classic rock, but just some, I figured, to be festive, some Christmas-themed music. 
The band is Erasure. If you're not familiar with them, they are a synth pop duo based out of London. And they started way back in 1985. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's a little sample of what we're about to get. <clears throat> yep. if, again, if you're unfamiliar with Erasure, it's synth pop. Off of their album that came out about four years after they started, it's an EP. Crackers International is what the EP is called. Uh, and like I said, it came out in 89. We're going to listen to a holiday track from Erasure. It's called She Won't Be Home. Erasure. 
That was my my new wave Christmas. The new wave of Christmas. <laughs> Erasure. <laughs> from assurance, from Erasure. Right? She Won't Be Home, that's the name of the track. I hope you enjoyed. Eric, uh, well, let's wrap this show up. Yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. I think we got enough uh, Christmas songs in on one episode. Yep, <laughs> I think we did it. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and slcpodcast.com. You can find all the bands on Instagram at Earth Crisis Official, at Rough underscore Law, at Lawmaker USA, at Six underscore Steps underscore Forward, at August Burns Red, at Wodge Official, W O J Official, that's for Walls of Jericho, <laughs> at Angelic Upstarts Official, at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find my personal account on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. Yep. There we go. Sorry, I have to read all of these off. Anyway, <laughs> my band's Instagram is at anonymous underscore band official. Our Facebook is at anonymous SLC. And I'm Bandcamp, anonymous SLC.bandcamp.com. Like I said, we have hoodies. Check them out. We have them posted on both our profiles and the Bandcamp itself. They're up for sale, 30 bucks a piece. So if you think that's fair, if you think they look cool, if they think they'll look good on you, Check that out. Also, check them out in person at our show at the Beehive this Saturday. Anyway, my other band is on Instagram at Heart of Dark 801 SLC. And the multitude of other podcasts I'm a part of can all be found on CirclePitRadio.com. That is including the Assault City. That is at Assault City CP on Instagram. And the Wrecked Podcast, which is on Facebook as Wrecked Podcast, on Instagram as as at Wrecked Cast. There we go. And my Lead Melodies podcast is up on Facebook as lead.melodies.podcast.slc and on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast. A new episode will be coming out before the year's end. <laughs> and once again... I run the SLC Hardcore Facebook page to keep people updated on shows and just other happenings that and other goings of on in the hardcore community. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have all the you have all the panels right there, all the marks. <laughs> you have the bullet point list of where you can find me and anything else in which I am involved. If I could push anything, it is the band and the Lead Melodies podcast, but I, I gotta push everything else <laughs> <laughs> just out of ethical purposes. You can find all the bands on Facebook at Earth Crisis Official, Rough Law, at Lawmaker USA, at Six Steps Forward, at August Burns Red, at Walls of Jericho, at The Angelic Upstarts, at SLC Punkcast. R.I.P. Menzi, any final thoughts from you, Eric? <laughs> Well, I will say I will say one thing. This is nothing to do with the holiday, but more as like a general consensus of people is uh yeah, in the wake of uh this kind of a cancel culture demographic, people are so quick to jump the gun and accuse people of something they may or may not have done. And I say to all of you folks that before you go accusing something just because of what you heard from another person, it doesn't make it 100% correct. 
Not everybody is 100% correct. Not Usually, no one's 50% correct. <laughs> so that's what you got to do. Think, look before you leap. You know? Just kind of assess what... Just kind of assess all angles before you make a little post about it on Facebook and start calling everybody out and get a whole and get a whole gaggle of people behind you just like pointing the fingers and telling them to get lost. Some days I know it is called for. It is very much called for, but it is only called for if and when you have tangible evidence, my friends. So before so really, just before you go accusing someone or outing someone, I mean, it's better to do it in person. It's like if, the way that I see it, if you have something to say to me, if you have a problem with me personally, then you got to, then you got to come at me, yourself, tell me what the problem is, and if we can't work it out, then you either ignore me, or if you want to get to the fisticuffs, <laughs> it's going to happen, apparently. I really hope that it doesn't. But that is the more ethical way of going about it. Face-to-face, -face, man. Do not out somebody unless you are, unless you are close to 100% that right. that is the truth. Because you never know what's going to happen. You can, you can ruin someone's life just based on accusing somebody. Yep, that's uh, because even it doesn't matter how many people believe you or believe them. There's always going to be that people who don't believe them. Right. So. So yeah, that's all. That's all I got, people. Don't be. Don't be that soft. Don't be a little. Uh, don't be hiding behind the thin veil of a computer screen with your uh, keyboard weapon. Shit doesn't work. People are going to come back around. Karma knows no time limit. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Play the fucking outro. Outro.